Mothers and daughters feeling like you're enough and asking for help. That's the enormous subject today as we shine on with author Anna Barreto. Hi, it's Casey. Welcome to Shine On the Health and Happiness Show, an Ella's Leash production, brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Anna Barreto wrote an article for Best Self magazine. The piece talks about how women don't generally ask for help. Anna has some tips for turning this around. First, find generosity. Make a list of the people you could ask for help, if or when you needed it. Then pay attention to joy. Schedule something that makes you happy. And let go of burdens. Make a list of everything you do for others. Too much? Practice asking for help. Try it out on a friend or family member. Anna Barreto has actually written an entire book to help you live freer. Women, Rice and Beans, 10 Wisdoms of a Brazilian Mother for Daily Ease, Flow and Conscious Living. That's where we're headed today. And we'll spend some time discussing how self-worth is passed down from mother to daughter. Thanks for the action plan in Best Self magazine, Anna. Actually, I based that on a chapter of my book that's called Self-Generosity. What I, I wanted to share with people is that one of the things that women do all the time is they just don't know how to ask for help. I, I was in Brazil uh, to help my mother. She had just recently been uh, hit by a taxi driver when she was crossing the street in Rio. And uh, she was in a hospital. She had broken a leg, a cheekbone, and a the brow bone. So I went home to help her because she was really devastated. There were so many things um, happening in her life. I was her nurse uh, in the beginning. I didn't know how things was going to be, but the first few nights I, I was there, I was in a hospital with her, and then we moved her to my sister's house. That first night, I remember being just like my uh, kids when they, when I, they were first born. You know, every little thing, you kind of jump in. You, you hear, actually, almost before they get up. So my mother was fidgeting in the bed, and uh, I, you know, I'm sleeping on a bed next to her, and I ask her, Mom, is everything okay? And she didn't answer, right? And then I, I, I did it again. She did it again, and I asked her, Mom, is everything okay? Um, no answer. You know, a little time goes by, and she, she does it one more time. So I got up. I put the lights on. I walk close to her, and I ask her, you know, very softly, Mom, is everything okay? And she said, I'm wet. Mm. And uh, so I, I go and change her diaper because she couldn't walk. You know, the wheelchair couldn't get into, fit into the bathroom was one of those things. You know, the next day was the same thing. And, and because she was cold and uh, the, the next day was because she was in pain. I had to get up every three or four hours to give her medication and so on. And those things would happen in between. But I was really, really sad to see that my mother didn't know how to ask for help. And uh, I helped her my entire life. We're very, we are very close. You know, she shares a lot of things with me, but um, she could really not ask for help. And, and that was one of those things that I, uh, I wanted to share with women. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't. We have really, really hard time um, asking people for help. And what people don't know is that when we allow people to help us, we practice self-generosity. We give them the opportunity to practice kindness towards us. That, for me, was big. And I think many mothers cut themselves out of the equation and what is it that people can't ask for what they need? Uh, my experience has been because I was one of them. <laughs> we just think we're not enough. Uh, everything at the end of the day, we're not enough, you know, and uh, we learned that from our mothers, we learned that from their mothers, 
and the mothers before them. And, and it's not a lesson that we learn sitting in the kitchen talking, you know, over a cup of coffee or tea and say, hey, you're not enough. <laughs> it's ears and ears, and it's not a direct le- lesson. I remember my mother when we were growing up, and there were times that we really didn't have enough, and she would let everybody eat, and then she will be the last one. And she's the one who had to take care of six children. Right. Right? So I still, and, and I was one of those that could not ask for help. Uh, by the time I was able to ask for help, I had to really look inside and see where, where did I learn that I'm not enough? Why I don't matter? You know, why? And, and the thing is, which it's one of my strong messages I want to pass it on, is that when women are well, everybody is well. And uh, we really have our time taking care of ourselves first. Right, okay. I can see a mom being selfless and eating last, making sure her kids get served because... Yeah, but how about sharing equally between her and the children? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know. And, I think and if you I think do, mothers can feel weak. You know, yeah. it's, it's just like when you're on an airplane, you gotta put your oxygen mask in True. on your first so True. you can take care of somebody now, else. Let me ask you this: If your mother felt that she was enough, would she have been able to ask for help when she needed to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Oh yes, she would, because she she would probably be able to touch me. She could just if she had extended her arm. Uh, and she'll be able to touch me. Yeah. And, um, and and plus two, three, the three nights before that, I was in a hospital with her, even though she had she had a private room. And one of the great things in Brazil is that allowed anybody over sixty to have a companion, and they feed you. You know, they have a bed next to your family um, or relative. And I was there, so I, you know, the nurse would come in every hour, and I was there. Right. <laughs> and um, and the nurse sometimes the nurse would not change her diaper in the hospital. It would take in too long. My mother tell me told me that she was wet, I would just go and do that for her. Or give her food or drink or even the medication. I'm sure there are some women somewhere who felt nurtured and supported by their mothers, but I think many come from a long line of mothers who weren't nurtured. Mothers can't be nurturing if they weren't nurtured, right, by their mothers. Is that the line that we're talking about? Yes. You know, it's funny because one of the first time I had the idea to write the book, the book's supposed to be, you know, the lessons my mother never told me. My goal was to actually teach the women who didn't have such a supporting mothers, you know, some of the things that we need to do and do it for ourselves because we, we can turn around. We can definitely turn around. I, at that time, I had a friend who, you know, told me a situation where her mother really didn't took her side or supported her doing something. And uh, there is a way for us to really turn it around. And, and honestly, I felt that my mother was great. You know, I, my mother, if you ask me, even before I wrote the book, you know, I had some resentment towards her. But I, if you ask me, uh, oh, my mother was fantastic. She always, even though she had six children, she made she made sure that each of the children had a little thing special. And for me was, every time she made meatballs and mashed potatoes, that was my special thing because that was my favorite food. And and she will, you know, she'll pick, you know, the next kid, the next day will be a different thing for one of my brothers or sister. You eat mash, meatballs and mashed potatoes together? <laughs> I never heard of such yes, a I, thing. Yes, I do. It's my favorite food. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. All right. We're talking to Anna Barreto, and her book is called Women, Rice, and Beans. It could have been called Women, Meatballs, and Mashed Potatoes. But. 
<laughs> the lessons um, that I thought I was going to write, the things that, you know, our mothers never told you, it, I came to find out that my mother actually taught me those lessons with her own life. And if we're willing to pay attention, we can actually hear it. And one of the wisdoms, actually, I call them is that every woman should have a space of her own. And, uh, and, and why is that? Uh, my, my mother uh, was being evicted from her house uh, during Brazil. Rio de Janeiro was um, the host of the Olympic Games and the World Soccer uh, Games. And her house that she lived was being demolished to make a room for the roads so the traffic wouldn't be so bad. And oh, let me tell you, no. the traffic, yeah, the traffic just in Rio was really, really bad. And, but for her, was a big giant because she had been evicted when she lived with my dad. Um, my father couldn't pay the rent. And then when we were teenagers, we lost our apartment. Actually, not one, two, because my, my father didn't pay the mortgage. So for her, it was a really big thing having her space for the past five years. I, uh, actually, even uh, before that, my sister wanted my mother to move in with her. My older brother wanted to move in with my mother to move with her. They really didn't want her to be alone. And I'm here in New York, they're in Brazil. And here in New York, I couldn't really have her only for six months because the weather's just too cold for them. So she was really devastated that she was not going to have her home. And that was like the third day after surgery. And, and she had, I got there and I, I actually got the message that she had to evacuate the house in seven days. So knowing that about the space of her own, we, we women really need to have that space where they can kind of close their day, you know, walk away from the children, uh, from the friends and the problems and kind of nurture themselves and, and it's not we're not I'm not talking about go rent an apartment but find a space in your home a chair where you can actually when you look at that you can you know find the space to quiet your mind go um, inside and find some inner guidance you know I, I use my for meditation some people use them for breastfeeding it could be but you need to have that space in your house that where you can really find yourself, help yourself, rescue yourself, and um, and we do. And if we f- if we create that space, we can actually we'll make the time to use it. Yeah, and that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thought. I don't have that space. I have a very small house with a lot of dogs in it. And when I want to feel like have a separate moment for me, I have to take a bubble bath. <laughs> it's the, it's the <laughs> yeah. only place they can't reach me. Yeah, and so you close the door, what, you know, and you put the do not disturb sign on the door. And I tell you, my kids were little once I start meditating and I tell them, and they learn early. I think my youngest was seven, eight years old, and said, shh, my mom is meditating. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. What do you think life would have been like if your mom, what's her name? Uh, Arasi. What do you think Arasi's life would have been like if she meditated? My mother meditated, not early on as much, but now she does. And she does in a form of prayer. Uh, She's a Catholic, very, you know, old, die Catholic. And she prays every day. And prayer is a form of meditation, you know. And even though you're doing the rosary or whatever it is that you're doing, it it is. And I think what she found in that was um, acceptance. One of the lessons I talk in the book is about uh, the practice of self-compassion. Even though she prayed every day, she, um, her thoughts were that, you know, all the things, all the bad things that happened in her life is because God was punishing her for something that she did many years ago. And, um, uh, but when you really learned to hear your inner guidance, because, you know, God is wonderful. God never punishes anyone. Uh, God wants us to be loved and, and, and love us. Uh, and 
teach us how to love ourselves. If she had just switched that belief, you know, and continue with the prayer, because she made us go to church every Sunday. And, and back then, I, she was so busy, you know, six kids, uh, even though my sister and I helped her, she, she was a very busy woman. And mm. in Brazil, it's not that we just make a sandwich. Breakfast is, you know, you sit down for breakfast, you know, just like you do for dinner. You know, lunch is it's the same thing. The kids are not in school all day like it is here. Mm. So you, you're cooking, you know, you're spending your entire day in the kitchen, cooking for lunch, cooking for breakfast, cooking for dinner, and then washing all the pots, all the plates, all the cups, yeah. and they're big families, you know. Well, it sounds like your mother was punishing herself, although she probably didn't realize it. Yes, yeah. and exactly that. Yeah. And, and many women do, you know. Yeah, uh, we all do that. Um, yeah. One of the greatest gifts, my mother, who was not a meditator but was a prayer, one of the greatest gifts she gave me is uh, the joy I would see on her face when we were in church. She was the happiest when she was in church. And, it, and, and she never said, you know, go to church, talk to God, it'll make you happy. We never had any discussions like that ever. We never really discussed anything <laughs> other than, yeah. you know, maybe clothes and shoes. Um, what are you going to wear and make sure your hair is fixed? Um, but I could see that was a lesson she taught me without ever saying a word, that she was joyful when she was connecting to spirit. That's the greatest yeah. gift my mom ever gave me. Absolutely. What's the greatest gift your mom ever gave you? I, I think it's my mother always believed in me. You know, I, I I tell you that the, I left Brazil when I was 18, uh, 20 years old, and um, I had to actually lie to my dad to sign my passport because I was I told him that I was just going to here for a month. The job that I had was paying for me, but you know uh, that was that was a big lie. And my mother knew the truth. At the airport, she didn't want me to go because we we were close. We always see, saw each other, even though I was ever, I already had moved out of my parents' house. And uh, she believed in me, and she said that um, go and live your dreams because you living my dreams and she's, she's very proud of me and I think just knowing that you know I moved out of my house when I was 18 which is a big thing she didn't talk to me for a while but she was there was unconditional love you know unconditional love and that she would not ask what she really wanted she asked what I wanted for me women beans and rice is the book by Anna Barreto talk to the people who are going to pick this book up what will they learn so um, I wrote this book for women sorry guys <laughs> You can actually learn if you have a lot of women in your life because a, a lot of the wisdom cross over to men too. You know, there are 10 wisdoms um, and 10 chapters and you learn how to create your own space, how to create a sacred space, how to feng shui your room, you know, so you can have the things that you need supported, how to meditate. I actually give five guided meditations that you can download them uh, from my website. You also learn how to uh, pay attention to your experiences, do a little some self-exercises, uh, some self-reflection on what it is that keeps repeating in your life and, and how to change that. So it's a very self, self-help, self but you've you got to do the work. There's even a five-minute meditation for people who, you know, keep saying to me, oh, I can't meditate, I don't, I don't have the time. There's just a five-minute guided meditation just to get you on the path. Right. Now, let me, let me end at the beginning. You started by saying you had a resentment toward your mother and then yes. she got hit by a car and you had to go take care of her what was the resentment growing up in brazil there was a lot of verbal physical and abuse you know there was a lot of that and my dad was a disciplinarian he used to really hit us on saturday every saturday morning for something we may have done on monday or tuesday on wednesday you know i felt that my mother could protect us 
right. differently. You know, my I if somebody yells at my kids, I just become a bear. I want to kill somebody. And knowing what I know about how to protect my children, I, I think uh, my thought then is that she could have been a better protector of that. You know, some of the things that my father did, even to her, you know, that she should have had a better voice, a, a stronger voice, because I felt that before I wrote the book, <laughs> that if she had been a better model, I would not probably have married my husband and got divorced. I would have made some different choices. But the reality is, it's not, you know. Right. I, um, I, I learned that there was, you know, the lesson that we sit down in the kitchen, you know, cooking together and we learned. But there's also the t- second type of lesson that you learn by living the opposite. So you really know that this is not what it needs to be and how you can help others coming along. Yeah. Yeah, and I know a lot of women are going to be shaking their heads right now saying, yeah, my mom, too, didn't intervene when dad was when dad was disciplining, but it was the culture at the time. Yeah. It was yeah. the culture at the time, and you know, when you know better, you do better, but yeah, yeah. I can understand that. All right, Anna Barreto, it's been a joy to meet you, and uh, what's your website so we can send everybody over? Anna, A-N-A dash Barreto, B as in boy, A-R-R-E-T-O dot com. Anna-Barreto.com. Hi, it's Casey, and this is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. Anna brought up a lot of points to ponder today. Do you feel like you're enough? Was that instilled in you as a child? I think of young mothers who still have so much learning and growing to do, and here they are with children of their own. And we're all just doing the best we can with the fears and life circumstances we have. I don't have kids of my own, but I do know some amazing moms, so I asked to hear from some on our Facebook group, A Circle of Women. Patty has a grown son and three fabulous daughters who are beautiful and accomplished souls. When this mom stands with her three girls, there's a glow around them. So Patty will ask you, do you think that your mother thought she was enough and was she nurtured? My grandmother was not a nurturing person. To my mother, anyway. She was to me. But my mother always felt like she wasn't loved and she didn't do enough and she didn't care for my grandmother enough. And I guess she was always given that impression. So your grandmother was better to you than she was to her own daughter. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It was very strange. She taught me how to sew. She made my prom dress when I was in the eighth grade. She used to take me places and buy things for me. But she was very cold to my mother. Right. You know, it's one of the mother-daughter relationship is, my gosh, one of the most, I don't know, I, don't even, I can't even think of the word, you know? Enduring stories. Oh, an enduring story. Yeah, there's just so much going on there. Everybody has one. So, so then was your mother nurturing to you? Well, I think when I was young, she was. I remember, you know, a pretty happy childhood going on vacation and doing things like that. But once I turned 12, 13 and started having a mind of my own, Mm. that's when it soured. There was this one incident where I was playing Barbie dolls with my friends and we were making believe. And could you believe it at 12? No, I was that girl. I was that girl. (laughs) We were making believe we were getting an apartment together and we were decorating it. And we were saying, well, I want a brown wall in my room and I want this in my room and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to live in this city. And my mother made believe that their mothers called and said they had to go home, but we knew that the phone didn't ring. And when I got to the top of my stairs, 
in, from the basement, my mother smacked me across the face with all her might and said to me, you are never leaving this house unless you are in a box or a veil. Wow. <laughs> wow. A box or a veil. Holy smoke. And that's where it went bad. Okay, so here you yeah. were, play-acting with your little girlfriends mm-hmm. about getting your own apartment one day, and that was not allowed. No. That's why I got married at 18. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'll take the veil. I'll take the veil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, she gave you a choice. I wow. had a scholarship to Boston College. She wouldn't let me go. Why? I, she didn't you, want me to leave. Because you weren't in a box or a veil. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? She didn't want me to have my own opinion. She didn't want me to be a feminist, I guess. I, she just didn't like it. She never liked my boyfriends. They they didn't make enough money. They weren't driving the right car. You know, I didn't dress. I, I dressed like a hippie. She didn't like that. Yeah. You know. You know, I, I think what's under all of this mm-hmm. for every human is fear. She didn't want you to grow up and, and whatever, you know, being, yeah. she, did, she was fearful. Yes. I get that. I get Mm -hmm. that. But but I don't get how it seems to be in many instances so rare that a mother, especially from our age group, we will tell a little girl, "You are great. You are awesome. Just the size you are. Just the Mm -hmm. way your hair is. Just the way you know you're fabulous. And don't worry, everything's going to be okay. You're enough." It's hard, and and I notice with my girls, I try really hard to do that. Um, but then sometimes I catch myself saying, hmm, do you want to wear that outfit, you know, or do you want to comb your hair that way or something like that. And it, even though they'll look back on pictures of themselves and they'll say to me, why did you let me wear that outfit? <laughs> How did you let me out of the house? Because so, that's so, what you wanted. <laughs> so now, Patty, you're the mother of three gorgeous, wonderful young women. So somewhere along the way, even though it didn't come from your mother directly, you learned that you were enough. Right? Yes. A lot of therapy. A lot of therapy. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. And, and you ended up to go on to have a, a career and, you know, a wonderful career as a nurse yes. and an educator and all the wonderful things you do. Because I guess if you don't get it from your original family, and we all, at some level, we parent ourselves. Yes. The stuff we don't get from our first family, we reparent ourselves. Yes. Now, if I asked your daughters, if mm-hmm. I said to them, does your mom think you're enough, what do you think they would say? Oh, I would hope that they would say yes. I mean, they're so accomplished yeah. with their club and, you know, their feminist club in, in high school and one in college now and the other two just applied and they're 99 averages. <laughs> You've done something right, Mama. They're certainly enough for me. <laughs> and what about your mom? Is she still with us? Yes, she is. All right. What does she think of you now, and what does she think of your girls now? Well, she changed a lot, and she she tells me a lot that she's very proud of me. She she does she tells the girls all the time. She's very nurturing with them. So there was growth all around. There was growth all around. And how do you think she changed? Hmm. I maybe because she saw the. I don't know. Maybe the girls reflected back on her. Maybe she saw that it all worked out okay, that you turned into a great mm-hmm. woman and a great mom. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she realized she was wrong. Or maybe she just grew and changed, as we all do, if we're lucky. Thanks, ladies. And I'll add this. If there were times in my youth 
when I wasn't nurtured or supported, when I didn't feel like I was enough, I always knew I was enough to my source. I always knew there was a loving God on my side. Thank God for that. Our final thought is on the way. You're listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey on 100.7 WHUD. If you have a question or want more information about anything you've heard on the show, email caseyradio at gmail.com. Information, fun, and inspiration. This is Shine On, the health and happiness show. Ladies, you know how good it feels to catch a glimpse of your own reflection and smile back at it. Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic, and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco can help refresh your reflection naturally. Long-lasting Thermage uses radio frequency to strengthen your skin. Thermage can help you regain a youthful contouring of your cheekbones and jaw. It works great on stretch marks and on your legs and around your knees, too. A Fraxel laser treatment pinpoints sunspots, scars, and wrinkles and stimulates your own natural collagen. Fraxel can help change damaged skin into glowing, healthy skin. Ladies, in less time than a yoga class or a mani-pedi, you can renew and rejuvenate your skin and smile back at your reflection. Take the first step today. Call Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Here's the number, 914-241-3003. And visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths of men and women combined in the U.S. But knowing the specific makeup of your tumor may help you and your doctor identify a more safe and effective treatment. I'm Greg Kinnear. Learn more. Go to standuptocancer.org slash colorectal cancer. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in today. Mothers and daughters being enough, asking for help. A big, big topic that we could discuss forever. You can join the discussion on our Facebook page at A Circle of Women. And check out CaseyRadio.com for the calendar of coming events. And don't do all your holiday shopping yet. Save December 11th for Shine On, the Holiday Shopping Expo at Our Lady of Mount Carmel Hall in Verplank. I will see you there. And our final word today is from, as many of you know, my favorite poem by Max Ehrman. If you are ever feeling less than, remember the Desiderata which says, You are a child of the universe. No less than the trees and the stars, you have a right to be here. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. Shine On, the health and happiness show is made possible with support from the Center for Dermatology, Cosmetic and Laser Surgery in Mount Kisco. Let Dr. David Bank recapture your youthful look. Visit thecenterforderm.com. You'll be happy you did. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show, next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.